All right. Welcome back. It's the Avid Investor Podcast, episode 41, uh, with me, your host, Josh Adamek. And today we're going to talk about uh, market conditions, market trends, market cycles, and things like that. And and I know I know that I just covered this in, in a previous episode not too long ago, uh, but um, I've had some people that are that are very important to me, very close to me, uh, reach out over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, and and you know ask me what the heck's going on here. You know, is there a correction coming? Is there a dip coming? Is there a crash coming? What's your take? What's your opinion? Uh, <clears throat> so I felt the need to to revisit the topic here and 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 give you my my thoughts and opinions on on where we're at and and where we'll be moving forward. So, uh, but be, before we get into that, I, I wanted to <clears throat> bring up the fact that that uh, last episode, episode forty, um, the the uh, topic was was consistency is key, and uh, you know that uh, I, right now's the time. Right now, I'm holding myself accountable for that. So um, <clears throat> it's a, a accountability check on my end. So. Um, when I said, uh, you know, when I say consistency is key, uh, regardless of what you're doing, it's very important to be consistent. Uh, me personally, I fell off. So, um, and what I'm referring to is I fell off with the podcast here and the recordings. And, you know, for that, I, I want to apologize. And, and, you know, again, I'm holding myself accountable. So uh, just a little backstory on that. Um, <clears throat> over the last uh, several weeks, several months have been super busy um, with with uh, business, uh, family, um, moving, moving my, my, my personal home, um, finishing up that renovation and just a lot of, a lot of moving pieces, you know, kids, summer activities and all that stuff. And, and while I'm not trying to make excuses here, um, I would, uh, I would like to, to, you know, just make mention of, of why I haven't been here uh, recording the podcast. So over the last month or two months or, or whatever it's been, um, you know, I, I'd like to think I've, I've been consistent. Um, I feel that I've been consistent with my business, running my business, growing my business, uh, properly managing, you know, our, our portfolios that, that we hold. Um, I feel that I've been consistent, um, you know, with, with myself and, and my family, um, trying to get the family time in and, and the activities and, and be a part of all that and not miss anything. It's, it's very difficult, but I try, I try to be there as, as much and as often as I can. Um, but where I did fall off was, uh, with not being consistent with the podcast here. So, um, that's where I'm at. Uh, moving forward, I'm back on track now. Things are starting to starting to settle settle down a little bit, level out. And you know, my my plan is to to be more consistent here with with the podcast and the recording. So I invite you um, to to follow along, to listen along. And again, you know, give me some feedback. Give me some uh, uh, give me your thoughts and your opinions on you know what we cover here. And and uh, you know, let's let's continue to uh, move forward and grow this together. So. Back to the original topic, um, market conditions, market cycles, uh, where are we at, what's going on here? And I know you're seeing a lot of this all over the place. Uh, everybody has a different take. Everybody has a different opinion and everyone is entitled to their own opinion. So uh, what I'm going to give you here today <clears throat> is my thoughts and my opinions on the current market cycle, uh, the, the current market conditions, um, followed by, you know, market cycles and, you know, where, what, what got us to where we're at today and what I foresee, um, 
the market being moving forward. And now keep in mind, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, you know, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't predict the future. Um, but what I, what I can provide to you is my information and my knowledge about the previous market cycles, um, what got us here to where we're at today uh, compared to, you know, previous, um, previous times. Uh, and, and, in addition to that, you know, a, a lot of the information that I'm going to give you or the thoughts and the opinions that I'm going to give you today uh, come from, you know, people that um, that are very close to me, friends and mentors of mine uh, that have been in the business for multiple, uh, multiple decades um, in the business, active in the business that have been through um, many, many market cycles and, and you know, different, different conditions in the market. So um, that's what I'm going to provide you today. So if we just <laughs> dive into that a little bit, um, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit of an uproar over the last, uh, you know, depending on where you look over the last uh, week, two weeks, uh, things like that about interest rates are going up, interest rates are going up, you know, I think there was uh, yesterday or today or whatever it is the you know there was there the, the feds raised the rates and you know there's <clears throat> there's some things coming out that are that are you know saying rates are going up three quarters of a point three quarters of a percent um will that affect the market yes it'll affect certain parts of the market absolutely um you know will will that will that cause a crash will that cause a correction will that cause a dip in the market my opinion um no, it's 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 not going to cause a crash. It's not going to uh, cause the market to go down. Uh, what we will see, or what we have seen, um, you know, over the last uh, uh, couple of months is, you know, if we go back, if we go back to, uh, you know, in, in, into COVID times and come coming out of COVID, uh, the market just went insane. Um, the uh, the the real estate market, you know. Uh, <clears throat> And, and as we know, the market corrects, uh, the market corrects every 12 to 14 to 16 years uh, historically. And, you know, we're at that point. Um, the last correction we had was 2008. And as I've mentioned many, many times in the past, um, you know, going into COVID uh, and the COVID shutdown, we had no idea uh, what what it was, uh, what was happening. You know, many of us have never seen a time where you know real estate and construction and businesses uh, in the entire world, more pretty much uh, the entire country, has just been shut down um, for thirty days, sixty days, whatever it was. We had no idea. Um, you know, what that was, how long it was going to last, you know, what the result of that was going to be. And, you know, myself and many others were like, uh, here comes the correction, here comes the crash, um, you know, leading into COVID because we were due, uh, we were due for one. So, um, and then, you know, to, to, to my surprise and the surprise of many others, you know, when we came out of, of the COVID shutdown, the market just went insane. Um, you know, it, uh, Prices, prices went through the roof, um, you know, on, on, you know, residential real estate, real estate in general, um, prices went up big time. You know, there was the whole supply, uh, uh, supply and demand issues. Um, there's, there's more buyers than there were homes available. You know, we were seeing homes that were, were being sold, uh, sight unseen buyers, uh, uh, retail buyers, waiving inspections, cash offers, uh, things like that, you know, prices going 30, 50. A hundred thousand over over list price, over ask price. I've saw in uh, uh, many many instances where 
a home would be listed on the market and there would be three, four, five offers with no showings. Um, so these, these buyers, they were so, they were so hell bent on, on getting a home, not losing out that they were making offers sight unseen, just based off the MS, MLS photos and virtual tours and things like that, you know, waving inspections. So it was just absolutely, absolutely insane. Just crazy, crazy times, uh, that we were in and, uh, just, just crazy things that we were seeing. So, um, you know, we got that, we had that period of time. Um, I don't recall exactly what it was. It, it was maybe, you know, it lasted for, you know, maybe six months, give or take. Um, then, you know, we get to that, that six to 12 month mark, uh, following, following COVID. Um, and it started to things, things started to, to level out, to flatten out a little bit. Um, it didn't correct didn't it didn't go down. It just, you know, the, the, the whole, the whole craziness just, just started to slow down a little bit. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the period that, that, that we're in now, um, leading up to this, this interest rate, uh, hike. So, uh, you know, there's still, there's still supply demand issues, uh, in the market. You know, if you read reports, if you, if you read reports provided by like, you know, the builders association and, and, um, things like that, that, you know, there's projections that there's, you know, something, something like an eight to 10 year, um, uh, uh, inventory, uh, needed, um, for, for the market. So, you know, the, the for, um, an eight to 10 year supply needed to, uh, uh, to keep up with the current market. Um, you know, there's, 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 there's still like, you know, there's still buyers, there's still, uh, folks that want to own homes. You know, we are in a time that's, uh, um, that's a little challenging, um, right now on the construction side with, uh, the cost of materials, the, the, um, the, the workforce, um, you know, the, uh, um, just a lot of challenges um, that, that builders are facing and developers are facing right now, um, trying to keep tabs on material costs versus, you know, what the market will bear as far as as far as resale price points or se uh, sellability uh, price points. So there's a little bit of a challenge there, um, but there is that there is that demand um, for for homes, whether that's new homes or existing homes, there's still a big a big demand, a big uh, big supply issue, in, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing and what I'm uh, what I've been uh, reading and, and studying up on. So, um, and you know, with that, let's let's talk about the interest rate thing. Um, you know, uh, so. We still, in my opinion, from from what I what I know and what I understand about the market, is there's still a need, there's still a demand uh, for homes. Um, now we have uh, the Fed's raising rates, and as a result, interest rates uh, are going up on mortgages. Um, you know, there's uh, I think we've seen an increase of around one percent. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less over the last 30, 60 days. Um, and there's talks that that's going to continue to go up. So. Um, what does that mean? Um, you know, interest rates go up, you know, your, your, your mortgage payment, assuming you're financing, uh, the purchase of your home, it costs more. So, um, in reality, you know, if, if rates go up 1% and you're buying a $500,000 house, uh, you got to pay an extra $5,000 per year, um, you know, on your mortgage, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's a little over 400 bucks a month. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that makes an impact. Um, you know, what that does is, uh, when rates go up, um, it, it 
reduces it, it reduces the the amount of home uh, that that a potential buyer could could afford. So um, you know, the buyers are qualified on debt to income ratios, things like that. Um, so when rates go up and a projected mortgage payment is is going to cost more, uh, based on a buyer's debt to income ratio, their ability their their buying power is reduced. So where we're at in the market right now is prices are up, interest rates are up, and buyers, um, buyers of potential homeowners buying power is reduced. So there's a spread, there's a, there's a margin there that's, that's not really in, in anyone's favor. So, um, you know, with the cost of construction going up, um, you know, cost of materials going up, uh, labor going up, um, just inflation in general going up, things are on the rise. And then buyers having the, the, the reduced, the, uh, a lesser buying power that makes the, buyer pool smaller for certain certain homes so i mean that's just the reality that's that's the world that we live in um so when when you look at that um you know that that scenario in example um my opinion is that's not going to cause a crash that's not going to cause a correction that's not going to cause the the quote unquote bottom to fall out of the market um but what that is going to cause is that's going to cause the market to um, to stabilize, uh, you know, I don't think we're at a point where the market is going to go down, um, cause there's only so many, so much margin and, 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 uh, 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 numbers that, that, you know, can, can be reduced, um, you know, in, in the transaction to, <clears throat> to accommodate, you know, buyers buying power. So what that means is, you know, previously, um, you know, when interest rates were low and a buyer could afford, you know, a $500,000, a mortgage payment on a $500,000 house home, um, you know, the market that we're in now, you know, their buying power is reduced. So now, you know, I, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but their buying power may go from 500 to um, 400, 450, 350, somewhere, you know, somewhere in that range. So they can't afford to buy, um, the bigger, nicer homes. They, you know, their, their buying power is reduced. Um, but that's, you know, that, that goes with the market. So, you know, there's, there's potential buyers that were in that, you know, 750 to 800 price point, that million dollar price point, same thing, you know, it's a calculation where their buying power is reduced. So rather than buying the million dollar home, they're buying the seven fifty eight hundred thousand dollar home, depending on where you know interest rates are and things like that. So it just it it's it 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 you know it it affects the market absolutely when interest rates go up. It affects the retail. Um, uh, uh, the retail market and, and it affects the investor side of the market as well. But, um, you know, we're just talking about the retail side of the market right now. So, um, <clears throat> that's where we're at. You know, that's my, that's my take. That's my opinion on, you know, the interest rates and, and how it affects the market. So, um, you know, the, 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 the real question that I've had over the last couple of weeks, um, the last several weeks is, you know, is there a crash coming? Is there a correction coming? Uh, is the bottom going to fall out? Um, and again, <clears throat> my opinion, my take on that is no. Um, 
I don't see a crash coming. I don't see, uh, uh, you know, the quote unquote bottom falling out of the market um, based on what I know today. Um, a rise in interest rates, one, two percent is not going to cause the bottom to fall out, is not going to cause a crash. Why do I say that? Because I, I really I just explained it. It reduces a buyer's buying power. There's still there's still supply demand issues. Um, buyers still want to buy homes. Folks still want to own homes. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's not going to cause a correction. It's not going to, or it's not going to cause a crash. It's not going to cause the bottom to fall out. It, in my opinion, it will cause, you know, a stabilization in the market where, you know, the craziness has, has started to die off. The craziness has started to slow down. Um, it's going to reduce the, uh, a buyer's buying power, reducing, you know, the buyer pool for the homes uh, that are available. But again, it's a scale. So, you know, the buyers that were buying, the, the potential homeowners that were buying the million dollar homes are now in the 750, 800 price point or whatever the math equates to. Um, but you get my point. Um, you get the drift. So I, I, I foresee that, um, you know, in the market where, you know, on, on the retail side of the market, we're going to see, um, you know, we may see uh, longer days on market um, with with newly listed homes. Um, you know, we might may see a longer uh, absorption rate um, with uh, with new construction, with new developments. Um, you know, uh, the, the 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 absolute frenzy, buying frenzy that uh, that we've seen that we saw, you know, several months ago coming out of COVID. Um, you know, that's I believe that's gone for now. Um, I don't see that coming back, uh, <clears throat> but you know, in order for a crash to come, a correction to come, you know, or a, a, a dip, um, a dip to cut, come in the market, um, you know, a crash, something significant is, is going to need to happen um, in order to, um, <clears throat> to, for that to take place. So um, if we compare, you know, let's just talk about uh, market history, market cycles. If we compare, you know, where we're at in, in the market today, uh, what we've had, coming up to where we're at um, versus comp in comparison to uh, the crash that we saw in, in 2008, totally different, totally different, um, you know, uh, uh, market conditions leading up to, to where we're at today and leading up to the crash in 2008. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> if you look at, at the retail side of the market right now, you know, we've seen we're in a, a crazy, you know, inflationary period where, you know, cost is going up on everything. Um, values are going up on everything. So what that means is, is, you know, folks that that own homes that have owned their home for you know several years <clears throat> likely have significant equity in their home. Um, if you bought a home five years ago, 10 years ago, it, and, and it's been, you know, maintained, um, chances are pretty good. It's, it's worth a whole lot more than you paid for it. So, um, homeowners have, you know, real equity in their homes. So if there's an instance, um, you know, that, that, you know, something happens and they have real equity in their home, they have options, uh, with that home. Um, you know, a, a homeowner that has, you know, 50, you know, 80, 100,000 in equity in their home isn't going to, you know, grab their suitcase and just walk away from that. Uh, they, they have, they have options. So they could sell the home, uh, potentially refinance the home. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's things that they can do to, to where they would not lose their home, uh, to foreclosure. So, uh, there are, 
some things outside of outside of the actual equity in the in the home that that maybe factors if there was a job loss or something like that or income was affected you know of course that would that would you know affect your ability to refinance your home but um you know if you're in a if you're in a bad spot financially and you have significant equity in your home um you're not going to walk away from that that home you would likely you know and keep in mind, we're in a market, uh, we're still kind of in a seller's market here, in my opinion. Um, if you're in a bad spot financially, you have 50, 80, 100,000 equity in your home, you can't refinance, you would sell before you would let it go to foreclosure, right? I mean, most people would use common sense there. So, um, uh, you know, that's that that's my opinion on 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 that part of the market on, you know, current homeowners potentially losing their homes to foreclosure. Will it happen? Yes, it will happen. But, you know, we're not going to see it by the the hundreds or the thousands, um, you know, that like we did in, in 2008. Now, if we if we if we look at the investor side of the market, <clears throat> you know, over the past uh, three years, five years leading up to where we're at today, um, if you wanted to buy an investment property, you know, assuming you were using bank bank financing, it required a minimum of, of twenty to thirty percent down, which means you had to put real money into that home. Um, you know, if you're buying if you're buying a, a two hundred thousand uh, dollar investment property, you got to put twenty percent down. That's forty grand plus closing costs. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be forty five fifty thousand uh, dollars, give or take, uh, cash into that deal. Um, and depending on where it's at, every every part of the market is different. But um, you know, if you buy the pro if you bought the property right, put real real money into the deal. If it was a long term hold, uh, you were uh, probably you know renting the property, leasing the property, and seeing significant cash flow um, because you know rents have gone up over the last couple of years. Uh, if you bought the property right, didn't overpay for it, uh, you put real money down, your your positive cash flow. So the same thing in that example, um, you know if there's if there's you know a, 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 an adjustable rate mortgage or something that's coming due for a renewal, and that 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 rate goes up, you know, one or two percent. Does it affect your cash flow? Yes, absolutely. Um, does it put you in an into a negative cash flow uh, situation? Um, depend uh, that depends on how you bought the property. So um, chances are pretty good if you bought it right, it does not put you into a negative cash flow uh, situation. But in that same example, keep in mind, um, you know those those investors put real money into that deal up front when they bought it. You know we were talking uh, forty fifty thousand dollars. So um, you know again. Uh, uh, an adjustment in the interest rate on your mortgage and affecting your slightly affecting your your cash flow on the property isn't going to put a, a potential isn't going to put an investor into a position where you know they're going to let that property go to foreclosure or lose that property to foreclosure it in that example there are other factors that come into play and will will investment properties go into foreclosure yes absolutely i mean it happens all the time regardless of market conditions there's other factors that that play into that as well so um you know that's that's where we're at uh leading up into this market now if we if we go back and take a look um you know where we were at in in 2006 2007 uh you know prior to that uh leading up to the crash in 2008 in those times uh, in those examples i mean it, it was you know 
lenders, um, you know, uh, financing on properties was just, you know, insane, uh, crazy, 100% loans, 110% loans, um, you know, the the quote unquote liar, liar, liar loans, uh, no doc loans, um, fog a mirror, you get a loan. Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the environment that we were in. So that same example in back in 2006, 2007, if you would have bought a two, uh, $200,000 investment property, you may have got that property with, you know, very little cash out of your pocket, you know, maybe five grand, maybe 10 grand, something like that. Uh, some closing costs, very little down. Um, and it was over leveraged. Uh, it may have, it was likely over leveraged. And that happened a lot in all parts of the market, all parts of the country. Um, that is what was happening. So in 2008, uh, when the, when the market crashed, when the market corrected, um, you know, really, and keep in mind, it was really five parts of the country that were hit very hard, uh, in that time. The, the many, many parts of the country were, were affected, but there was five, uh, five cities in, in particular that were, that were affected and hit hard. Um, but it was, you know, investors were buying based on speculation. Um, buyers were, were, were buying with, with little to mo no money down. So, um, builders were building spec homes by the, by the hundreds and by the thousands financing was available. So um, certain parts of the country like Phoenix, Arizona and the, and the surrounding area, for example, you know, builders were building entire communities based on speculation. <clears throat> investors, uh, quote unquote, were investors were buying those, those, those spec homes, um, you know, based on speculation. So they were buying the contract for, you know, $250,000 before the home was even built. Uh, they would flip that contract to another quote unquote investor for $300,000. And those contracts would trade two, three, five times uh, before the home was even uh, built and delivered. And then <clears throat> when we when we come up to, to the correction, the crash in 2008, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, for example, there were thousands of spec homes that were built and nobody to occupy them. Um, so that's where we saw, you know, the big crash, the big correction is investors were, were just pouring, pouring money with, with financing that was, uh, just, just, you know, hundred percent financing, 110% financing that was available. They were just, they were just, you know, buying up all these spec homes, um, buying all these these investment properties with with little to no money down, and then when you get to the point and you realize that there's nobody to occupy these homes, um, <laughs> that that there were so there there were so many homes that flooded the market, and there wasn't enough supply, there wasn't enough demand for the supply. We saw the correction, and then you know, in that instance, for example, you know, a quote-unquote investor uh, may have bought five, six, eight of those homes uh, for that same. Fifty thousand uh, dollars that that you know leading up to the market that we're in today got you one investment property. So uh, if you if if you um, if you look at the investors that that bought a spec home uh, in that market that put you know five thousand ten thousand out of pocket uh, and then and then you know there's a correction and there's a supply and demand issue and rates uh, uh, rents are dropped just to try to fill these properties then you have a uh, one two or a handful of these homes that you know you have very little money you had very little money in um, and now your your negative cash flow that you, you can't even rent them for enough to support your debt service if you could even fill them at all now your negative cash Cash flow, you know, five grand a month on a couple of homes, or you know, a thousand bucks a month, five hundred to a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per month on one home. 
That is what caused a lot of the quote unquote investors to walk away, um, to say like, you know, I'm done. Let it, let the bank take it back. Let the bank deal with it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to continue to hemorrhage, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, or you know, five grand a month for for these quote unquote investments because I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So that's that's what caused the um, that that's what what caused the bulk of the uh, crash in in you know in two thousand and eight. I mean that happened in. Um, in Phoenix, Arizona, and the surrounding areas down in parts, of, uh, certain parts of Florida, uh, a few other parts of the country. I mean, you know, that's uh, uh, my opinion from from what I know and what I understand about uh, previous market previous market cycles. That's what caused the crash. That that was a big factor in the crash in two thousand and eight, and leading up to where we're at today. We haven't had any of that. We've had investors uh, that have put real money in, um, 20, 30% down. There's no shortage of investors, institutional investors, um, companies like, uh, um, you know, like 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 myself at, uh, and my team at Avid Management Group that that are cash heavy purchases that um, that just uh, uh, institutional investors that you know have 50 or 100 million dollars to place and they're just buying homes all cash. Um, now they're they're <coughs> You know, the, that example, um, institutional investors, uh, there, there is no shortage of them. There's there's several, several institutional buyers out there um, in Pittsburgh and in many, many other parts of the country that are just buying up homes, um, you know, by the by the um, by the hundreds and by the thousands uh, of homes uh, every year that are cash heavy purchases. It's, it's no, you know, fog of mirror loans. It's no liar, liar loans, no doc loans. I mean, we don't have that. Uh, we haven't had that since, since um, you know, 2006, 2007, uh, leading up to the crash in 2008. So that is my take. That's my opinion on, um, on on where we're at today, uh, what we're seeing today in the market conditions and the market cycles uh, compared to where we were at in 2006, 2007. So to sum it up, um, like I said previously, I feel I feel that we're in a period of time um, that the market is going to stabilize. Um, it's going to stabilize. I don't see a crash. I don't see a dip. I don't see a correction. You know, whatever you want to call it. I don't see the bottom, quote unquote, bottom falling out of the market. Uh, assuming there's no other outside factors that are going to come in and, and cause that. Based on what I know today, I see a stabilization in the market. But with that, if the market stabilizes and inflation continues um, as it has been over the last several months, over the last uh, six months or year, whatever it's been, inflation has been going up. If the market stabilizes, the real estate market stabilizes and, and inflation keeps going, that's where you're going to see uh, better margins in in real estate and in investments. So um, that's my take. Uh, you know, that's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. It it comes from you know those those thoughts and those opinions comes from from my knowledge and my research of you know previous market conditions uh, based compared to where we're at today, uh, coupled with um, the the thoughts and opinions of of folks that are very very important to me, friends and mentors of mine. So. Um, I thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. I thank you for listening and please, um, give me some feedback on, on your thoughts and your opinions of, you know, my podcast, my recording. And, you know, again, I'm not asking for anything in return here other than, um, if you find value in the message, 
please just copy a link, you know, share it on social media, send it to a friend, send it to a family member, associate, somebody that can benefit from, from the word and the message that I'm putting out there. So thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day.